Hey there, welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us again. So can you introduce yourself to anybody who hasn't uh, heard from you before? Yeah, sure. So I'm Megan Cavanaugh. I live in North Louisiana. I'm um, a family nurse practitioner, but I'm also a registered dietitian. So I started my career as an RD and then eventually decided to go back to nursing school and then NP school. So I currently practice as a nurse practitioner, but I maintain all my credentials for RD. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So we did an interview, you and I did an interview for the channel before for the channel as a podcast on YouTube. And, um, we really focused on the diabetes care, most common questions from a nurse practitioner perspective. Mm-hmm. And so even though you're not practicing as an RDN RD right now, um, I'd love to kind of talk about with so much experience that you have and so much passion that you have, like I think the context of the conversation, like you and I kind of just, just touched on before we started recording was that so many people, some people have a resource with a, a a nutritionist in their clinics. Some people have nothing, um, and they don't even have somebody to refer to. And so a lot, like what, basically what we're, what we're going on are the questions from the real world NP community. And a lot of people are asking questions like, oh my gosh, what do I do for patients who have diabetes and who need um, support on the nutrition side, because it's a really holistic approach to diabetes. It's not just about medications. Right. So, so thank you so much for joining us for this. So I think yeah. a place to start would be like, what, as, as in your, in your experience as a nutritionist, and you can obviously like add in your thoughts now being a nurse practitioner, like where, where do you start with somebody who has a new diagnosis? So for example, if I have somebody with a new diagnosis of diabetes and I refer them to your office and you're working as a, as a dietitian, um, where do you even start with a person uh, in that situation? That is a great question <laughs> because <laughs> it's it a big has, question, big answer, the big question, because probably one of the biggest questions the patient has is what am I supposed to eat? What can I eat? You know, what can I eat? That's like one of the number one things that's asked, uh, whether it be provider in um, our RD or whatever. And the answer is like, you can eat a lot. You can eat all kinds of things. And the, where it's, it's kind of hard to think of it now, you know, as an RD, because typically when you refer out one of the things you have like a lot more time. Okay. So if you have, as an NP, you're in clinic and you have somebody that's newly diagnosed and you are trying to start medications, start some initial education. And then of course, nutrition is like on the focal point for a lot of people's brains yeah. and what time of a time slot, what like 10, 15, 20 minutes. Like, so there's not a lot of time. So encouraging, of course, to refer out. I really, when people especially say, well, what can I eat? I like to say, what do you like to eat? You know, I like start giving some ideas there. And one of also from like the get go is just always reiterating that the you're not going to learn everything all at one time. Um, there's a lot 
that's going on with a new diagnosis with diabetes. There's a lot that goes on with nutrition along with it. And it's a huge learning curve. I mean, you might have somebody that's 60 years old and they've had 60 year old habits and now that we're going to have to like transition. So it's a lot of motivational interviewing, um, a lot of feedback, not just talking at the person, but getting their feedback and building on that. Um, And then knowing hopefully the resources there that they have multiple visits to build on things and not having to change everything all at one time. Mm. So there's, that's a broad question. I think that's a great place to start. And I think it's so important to reiterate, especially for whether people are experienced clinicians, providers, um, listening, or if they're, um, if students are going into practice, like, I don't know, that's my philosophy of practice too. Like you and I share that of like, we just meet the patient where they're at. And honestly, I think, I feel like research supports that too, especially when it comes to motivational interviewing, even if you don't feel super confident with that skill set, like if you starting with where the patient is and doing an assessment first, I think applies to not only nutrition, but also just like our approach as nurse practitioners in general, right? Where it's like, okay, well, where are we starting off from? Right. Uh, right. So that's really cool. So I guess, I guess the Speaking from experience as a nurse practitioner working in a clinic, um, having worked in clinics where there's no resource in-house and we have to refer out and some people have access and some people don't, um, I think I think I can kind of sum up with the understanding that I have of the gist of what people do <laughs> when they're in that situation. So I think that there's a couple of things that people do. And one is kind of like, okay, and we also heard this from the questions from the community. It's like, okay, so how, like, where do we go? So if we've done an assessment with somebody is, do we go straight to a recommendation? Cause like, clearly you have a very sophisticated nuanced level of knowledge. Right. And so if we're talking about like moment, like starter place one, um, is like, do I, a lot of people want to do like, okay, do I do the plate method? Do I do the Mediterranean diet? Um, a lot of people wrote in and say, I'm just, I'm tired of saying, just eat less carbohydrates. Oh yeah. I love that part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, so, so if, so where would you go in terms of like a first step thinking about those potential three options of like, do you use the, my plate method? Do you talk about carb counting? Do you talk about less carbohydrates, quote unquote, whatever that means? Like where, where, what's like a first place to start potentially for like a beginner one-on-one. And a beginner one-on-one might start with does the patient even know what a carbohydrate is? Mm. So they, they might not realize that fruit can raise blood sugar. Certain vegetables can raise blood sugars. We, I mean, we don't want to go in, in any situation, just like with that assumption that somebody has the baseline knowledge, you know, so it's like, tell me, tell me about foods that you like food, your um, habits. Are you a snacker? Do you work? night shift and you snack throughout the night to kind of stay awake. Um, Do you have any different religious beliefs, cultural beliefs, you know, Mm -hmm. just things like that, because Mm -hmm. everything that you read about nutrition is right. That it's not one size fits all. So if you do say, okay, let's start with the plate method. Well, that's a good starter. It's a good visual for a lot of people. It's very easy and it's adaptable for like a lot of different situations and meals, but like Mediterranean diet, it's very, very healthy. That might work for some people versus just explaining what carbohydrates are and like the focus mm-hmm. at the beginning of like reduction in carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So you do have to get a little bit more of a history at first to kind of figure out where they're at, because if they're newly diagnosed, like for, for instance, for me, like if they see primary care, they're newly diagnosed and then they see us 
soon after that, well, they've already probably been on Google and like looking at things and, you know, they might have a family member that Mm -hmm. is teaching them some things. So by the time they've seen us, sometimes really good changes have already been made. They've started a walking regimen. Maybe they're drinking a lot of sodas and sweet tea and juices and they cut that out and they've had a significant improvement already. Mm -hmm. So again, it's just like meeting them where they're at, Mm -hmm. but it is when you're limited in that time, it is very like, okay, I'm just going to do the plate method and and just start with some education there, but it might need to start with, okay, let's just focus at at first. Are you drinking any sugary drinks? Okay. That's Mm -hmm. an, I say easy. It's difficult for people to do, but right out of the gate, it's like, Hey, look, even if you are still having some higher carb meals, but if you're having sodas with it or drinking tons of juice or even large quantities of milk, let's work on reducing that because you're going to see an improvement pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's a good starting point for a lot of people. And even if you have the ability to have a regular follow-up with somebody, Mm -hmm. they can keep track of like even little food logs or use something on their phone, their notes app or an app um, where they can log some things so you can look at it. But again, that's where ideally you would have a registered dietitian doing that. But of course, not everybody has that resource. So it really just, I hate to say it depends, but it really just kind of depends on where that person is. It's true. Um, And and then a lot of, there's good resources online, like good starting places Mm -hmm. where like even if you say, okay, I'm going to get you in with an RD, but here's a good resource that can be printed off from, you know, American Diabetes Association, AADE has a good ones, um, Dia Tribe, which I can mm-hmm. uh, give you the links for those. And mm-hmm. of course, like the, the My Plate, but something that's a good visual that's basic yeah. just to start getting some education for that patient. Totally. Oh, I love that. Do you feel like, um, is this, I, my intuition is that it's also a patient dependent thing, but do you feel like, are there any sort of like standards that you follow as a, as a dietitian or the dietitians follow where it's kind of like, um, here's the ideal amount of protein, ideal amount of carbs, ideal amount of, you know, like, is it, is it, does it ever break down like that? Or you, when you come and you do a follow-up with a patient and you've started at that place with them, when you do their follow-up and their blood sugar maybe has improved, but it's not getting, it's not like at goal yet. Like where mm-hmm. are your places to go for that? Like, are you like, what is leading your thought process there? Are you looking like, it sounds like you're probably going to assess what their meals are, but are you just, mm-hmm. are you simply targeting carbohydrates at that point or Tell me a little bit about that when it comes to the, if you've started, so for example, some, if in the primary care clinic, you start with reducing milk, which actually has a lot more sugar than I think a lot of people realize Mm -hmm. um, and juice and sweet tea and stuff like that. And sodas. So say they've made that change and they're not at goal. Where's that next place that you're kind of going with that person? Is there an ideal or is it really targeted based on that person and their specific A1C, for example? It's there are different targets and it depends on the guidelines that you read for Mm -hmm. different percentages of calories that come from the different macronutrients, Mm -hmm. fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Um, Used to, I mean, like even when I was finishing RD school, like the amount of carbohydrates that were recommended were just like, wow. I mean, Yes, it was a lot. And so finally it was like, uh, I don't know, it might be a year or two ago. They finally said, Hey, a very low carbohydrate diet can be appropriate for certain patients and populations. Mm -hmm. And with your question about, okay, certain percentages for there, I also just assess with the patient, how detailed they want to be, because Mm -hmm. when you start getting into like macro counting, and if you're wanting them to count every gram of everything, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, it's a big job and not everybody wants that amount of data. 
And it's also very, very time consuming to teach. So, um, but yeah, there are, depends um, on the patient, their goals, you know, if they need weight reduction as well, um, uh, percentages of each macronutrient, then kind of going from there and you can convert it into the number of recommended carbohydrates like per meal, you know, so that's kind of a good starting point, especially when you're getting into carbohydrate counting. Mm. And carbohydrate counting, um, my understanding is it's really most appropriate for patients who have type one diabetes, but what are like, tell me if I'm wrong there or what your general thoughts are from that dietitian perspective about carb counting for patients. Um, yes, for type one, for sure, because ideally the, with the carbohydrate counting, knowing how many grams are consumed at the meal, whether it be 12, 26 or 64, it's converted ideally with the math for an insulin to carbohydrate ratio. So that patient is dosing their insulin based off the carbohydrates that are consumed. But we also do like carbohydrate counting for people who um, have prediabetes, type Mm -hmm. two diabetes, because it's not even to be like so precise with that insulin dosing Mm -hmm. part of it, but also to be cognizant of foods that can potentially raise the blood sugar and then the amounts consumed it at that time. Mm -hmm. So we do with that, we'll teach that, but maybe not as to like precise amount where if you have somebody that has type one or type two, that doses per an insulin to carbohydrate ratio, and let's say they're very insulin resistant and they need one unit for example, for every four grams of carbohydrates, which is pretty strong, Hmm. that's two saltine crackers. So you say, okay, well, if you eat two saltine crackers, Hmm. that's one unit of insulin. So to that precision, the carbohydrate counting is very, very important and ideally done in you know, the most accurate way possible for correct insulin dosing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty involved for most patients mm-hmm. though. Um, yeah. So I, I, I saw a number of questions and I've heard a number of questions um, just like in, in among mentees and in, you know, in regular life and stuff about what um, different kinds of diets. So I think that there's different levels of health literacy depending on the patient and mm-hmm. some patients yeah. might come in and have done all this research and they might come in being like, I'm going to do like a ketogenic diet or I'm going to do a paleo diet. I'm going to do a plant-based diet. Do you have any thoughts about that um, when patients come in with that, um, with those kind of approaches to their diabetes Mm -hmm. or what kind of conversations you have with them when they bring that up with you? Right. And it's more, I think of it like more of an eating style, maybe Mm -hmm. instead of like diet, like kind of the labels on things or somebody saying like, you know, plant-based diet, but I'm going to be vegan, but every now and then I do want to have a little bit of animal-based proteins. Like, let's just not Mm -hmm. call it vegan. You know, if it's not more of a, um, like an ethical type thing, and you're just wanting to do more Mm plant-based, you don't have to call yourself vegan. Right. Or because I like the term, like the flexitarian, you know, like just kind of (laughs) different options. But um, especially when you start getting into keto and somebody says, well, I want to go keto. And I'm thinking, okay, do you mean low carb or do you mean like true ketosis where, you know, it's a very, very high fat, very, very low, um, sorry, carbohydrate diet. So sometimes people say, I want to do keto. They just really kind of mean, I want to reduce my carbohydrates. Like I know I can, you know, lose weight doing that. So, and then I will also put back what their typical eating behaviors are. And it's like, do you feel like this is something that you can do long-term, you know, Mm -hmm. and we have, you know, of course there's people out there that are highly motivated that can stick with like a style of eating Mm long-term, but I also want to reiterate to them that they're not failing if they Mm -hmm. don't eat that style seven days a week, you know, Mm -hmm. every 
every week of the year. Yeah. So with things like uh, keto or low carb, low carbohydrate, I mean, generally, especially if somebody is you know, checking their blood sugars and because um, we want to minimize hypoglycemia always, but if they have a continuous glucose monitor and they're able to see the effect of carbohydrates, even low, moderate, high mm-hmm. on that CGM, a lot of them kind of naturally shift to like, mm-hmm. wow, I had no idea that milk did that to me yeah. or, you know, kind of the obvious stuff like cereals, you know, like yeah. something that's high processed carb and you're like, oh, please throw it away. Just get it out of the house. <laughs> but um, so they can look at that data and get more of like an instant feedback, mm-hmm. whether it be through finger sticks or through a CGM. And it kind of, you add mm-hmm. some self-motivation that way too. Oh, I love that. I love that. I almost wonder if you want to like do a pretend patient, <laughs> like if I was a <laughs> pretend patient, like, I don't like know an interview. I'm staring my dietary <laughs> Like if I was going to be your dietitian. Yeah. Just like as an example, just- like how it would go. Um, to just, oh, I guess, wow. cause like, I think part of it is also illustrating how complicated it is. Right. Because Mm-hmm. this came up with a physical therapist too, where it was like, when I did the physical therapy interview, I think everyone's inclination. And I don't know if you feel this way too, is like, what exercise sheet can I give them to fix this problem? Yes, and they're like, yes. shit, this is way more, yes. way more complicated. Oh, I know. I mean, just like that question about the, my plate versus, I'm like, it just, it dep- I just feel like I'm saying it depends for everything, mm-hmm. which, but it does. I mean, it does like, that's an honest, <laughs> yeah. But people want to be like, here's a sheet for this. Here's a sheet for this. Here's a sheet for this. Yeah. When I worked outpatient education and if it was somebody that came in just for weight management or type two diabetes management, um, I didn't have many patients at that time with type one diabetes. Um, they probably, it was referral only. Okay. So when they came in, they've already seen their primary care. We were education only, no management. And they would, um, see the registered nurse, either that visit or um, like on the same day, or they would come back another day with some food logs and everything. Mm -hmm. If somebody just like came in and they did not have any food logs, I started with, give me a history. Okay, what do you typically like? And I had these sheets and I said, okay, what do you typically like for breakfast? Give me some ideas. Do you eat breakfast? Mm -hmm. Jot it down. Okay, Mm -hmm. what do you eat for lunch? What's your work schedule like? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Do you Mm -hmm. snack? What do you snack on? What do you have supper? Do you skip meals? Do you feel low in between meals? Um, are you a stress eater, emotional eater? Are you a stress non-eater? And do you snack at night? Okay. Do you work nights? What do you do? How do you stay awake? What do you drink? How much, how much water? Like you get this huge history. So I would have, cause I'm a, I'm a pen and paper person. Okay. So mm-hmm. even with all this technology, I'm like, you know, just writing all these things down. So then I say, okay, look, this is your normal routine. Let's make improvements on this. Okay. So you drive a truck, you drive cross country and you have fast food and restaurants. What are your favorite fast food places? What do you like to get from there? Okay. You're not going to pack anything. And then we need to do fast food. Here's what to get. I mean, so it was like examples mm-hmm. based off of their history, like at that time, mm-hmm. so they came out holding something. It says, Oh, when I go get pizza, this is what I need to look out for. When I go mm-hmm. in, I'm working nights. These are some ideas of things that I can pack based off of the foods that I like. I mean, so it's like very history based and then improvement based off of their current routines. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So that's why it's hard to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, like my plate is great. It's a good visual, but still, if you have somebody, okay, we do half plate vegetables, but the person's over here, like, 
I don't like any vegetables. What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to eat a single vegetable. I'm like, what vegetables do you like? Well, I like green beans. Okay, let's put some green beans on that plate and let's build from there. So you can be talking at that patient or like recommending Mediterranean diet. They can be allergic to fish. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. um, it's more like history. That's why, like, I don't even generally recommend saying, like, I don't say, Hey, let's do the Mediterranean plan. It's like, no, let's try to get good, healthy, yeah. fatty fish. And mm. let's get, you know, foods that reduce inflammation instead of like mm. calling it something. And that's why it's so hard because like, again, we want to hand somebody something that's just, mm-hmm. Hey, eat this, this, and this, yeah. which we have the, we have the same handouts, but we've come up with them. Like these are the foods mm-hmm. that will raise your blood sugars. These will, will help mm-hmm. keep it steady. And that's still a good point, but it's like the application mm-hmm. to real life. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah, where. Totally. I think that, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing, like, you know, with that physical therapy interview, everyone wants to give that handout, Mm -hmm. do this exercise when you have back pain. And it's like the hardest part of like, I think for, and and I'd love to hear your perspective on this as both an RD and as a nurse practitioner, but for us, I feel like the, the, the main challenge sometimes is the diagnosis Mm -hmm. for some conditions. And then once you get there, the management's are pretty clear, right? There's nuances and there's choices, especially when it comes to diabetes, right? Like you have to be a little bit more sophisticated nuance there, but for the most part, like, I think that the main challenge, at least newer grads and newer grad nurse practitioners have is like getting to the diagnosis and it's like, okay, okay, what's the algorithm of management, right? And I think that with physical therapy specifically, like I know for a fact from like doing all of that stuff and then doing that interview, right? Is like, oh, that's the easy part right? Is it an orthopedic problem or is it not? And if it's an orthopedic problem, here's all of the sophisticated management. So yeah, it really sounds like with RD, like that's, that's the same thing, but I love those history questions. Like I really love how much that illustrates why it is so, um, why it is so sophisticated. And I think, and I think it's really hard. And I think I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this because this is the huge challenge. And I think it's like, we, at least I know I feel this way and I feel this from other people is like this responsibility to like take really good care of our patients Uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. in a system that is not set up to support patients optimal wellness. And so it's like, okay, how can I be an RD? How can I be a physical therapist? How can I be the specialist? Right. And the reality is we have to draw the line somewhere. And it really sounds Mm -hmm. like with RD and dietary education, like there are places we can go. And I think we can get better at of like what history questions to take. Right. Cause like, I'm not asking things like, are you an emotional eater? Right. Cause I'm not really like yeah. prepared, <clears throat> excuse me, to have that conversation of like, where do I go from there? They answer yes. I'm like, okay, what do I do next? Right. Where do we go yeah. from there? Right. And so it's like, <clears throat> so yeah. So I just, I really appreciate that. It sounds like some places to go though, um, with the knowledge base that we have as nurse practitioners is perhaps getting really comfortable. What are the blood sugar raising medication? Or, blood sugar raising foods versus blood sugar lowering foods. And right. then how can we get better at the history and how can we develop our knowledge to be more sophisticated such that we can take the fast, like that's a beautiful, beautiful example because that's real life, right? Of patients mm-hmm. who they're a truck driver across the country and they only get fast food. Like what other options are there when you're out like driving? Like, I don't know. I mean, I've been up on, on really long trips where, where there's a lot of truckers and it's like, okay, well, here's one option mm-hmm. in the next 45 miles. So um, so that's really, that's really cool. That's really, really helpful. And that um, is, I mean, you talk about like the, get, getting to the diagnosis and like, where's the algorithm. I mean, if you and I compared 
like schedules, routines, um, you know, food likes, dislikes, you're going to get two completely different people mm-hmm. on paper. Right. So, you know, right now my husband's traveling for work and I'm just making like an egg sandwich at night for supper because I'm not going to cook a a big meal. Mm. And right now, just like in the season of life, yes, I know vegetables are very, very healthy, but they're also expensive and they go bad. And, you know, so right now I'm focusing on steam bag vegetables that cost a dollar and I throw them in the microwave. They're done in four minutes, a little bit of salt and pepper, you know, it's fiber, you know, it's fiber. So where you look at like even like social media and like these beautiful, like great meals, the always like telling that patient, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that expensive Mm -hmm. food. I mean, costs of everything obviously are are crazy, but Mm -hmm. it's, it can be, make it like as simple as you want while as nutritious as you can and doing Mm -hmm. the best you can in the season of life right now. I mean, it's like, that's the takeaway. So we know every year holiday season, people are going to indulge and have this Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, if you have your grandma's favorite, or the grandma makes the your favorite uh, chocolate pie. Okay, mm-hmm. but you don't really care about pumpkin. Don't eat the pumpkin pie. Eat the one that you like. Maybe cut your carbs back a little bit. Kind mm-hmm. of acknowledge it, but yeah. make a holiday, not a holiday month. You know, just celebrate the day, but don't make it to a whole month. And you can still see improvement. So even these, a lot of these patients are coming in after the holidays, and still have a lot of people that do are having really good, consistent weight loss they still have decent blood sugar control there's some periods of time that get a little wonky but Mm -hmm. it's like learning those little mechanisms of what do I do in the situation what's the best decision I can make right now Mm -hmm. in the situation the social environment that I'm in right now Mm -hmm. and it might be a reduction in portions like Mm -hmm. if you can't control the quality of the food control the quantity of the food like Mm -hmm. just reduce it a little bit drink water try not to overindulge in alcohol limit it to maybe one sweet instead of three like little things like that mm-hmm. you know just over and over perfection not perfection but just improvement you just want improvement mm-hmm. and then where they can see some success and kind of build on that and those are the ones that can really long term have success because they're realizing that I don't have to do exact macro counting to get everything right with the meds that I'm on in my routines and other things that we're dealing with so I love that's that. why. Yeah. No, I love Nutrition that. It's complicated. And I think this is why, you know, when I went back to nursing school and um, some friends said, oh my gosh, our nutrition classes that I hate nutrition. I hate nutrition. It's really, it's hard. And it's a lot of yeah. hand holding and, you know, it's food is very emotional. It's very, it yeah. I mean, it's, there's more, it, you say, you don't ask the question of like, are you an emotional eater? Cause what do you do with the answer? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you need, it's like that whole like depression Mm -hmm. screening thing is like, it's not recommended to do a depression screening unless you have the resources. Right. And so unless I'm like, in like, I can think through that and think about how I respond to it, but just like hearing you say that in the moment, I'm like, Oh gosh, like, I don't even know. I don't think I've asked Mm -hmm. that of somebody before. And like, because I think like, especially like that's, I don't know if this is your experience, but my experience of becoming a nurse practitioner, like when I was brand new, I was really focused on like, what is the safest thing that I can do? So I don't yes. miss anything. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. as I develop in my practice, I get into those deeper levels of sophistication where one of the things I was going to say in terms of like part of it, like, I think hopefully this is awareness raising and that like one individual person, me, myself as a nurse practitioner cannot fix a system that is not supporting the anti-wellness of our patients basically. Right. Right. And so, but like, what are the things that I can do in my scope and how can I raise this as an issue? 
and, and talk about it with other people. Like we need RDs, we need physical therapists, we need interdisciplinary collaboration for a reason. right? Right. But like, that's one of the things I was thinking about is like, how can, how can we, like one of the ways potentially we can do it in primary care, like it's not against the rules to have somebody follow up in, in a week, well, probably not a week, depending on how much space you have in your schedule, but like in three months, if you fall, I don't, how often do you follow up with people in nutrition, like every month or every it two depends on their insurance? Because, um, you know, with Medicare guidelines, Medicare will cover reimbursement for registered dietitian for, um, nutrition or MNT medical nutrition therapy for diabetes and then for renal. So for your patients who go to dialysis, there's, um, RD on staff and then they get nutrition mm-hmm. counseling, you know, while, um, at dialysis. So there's a certain amount, you get a certain amount of hours and I should have looked this up because oh, I don't it's think okay. it's changed, okay. but, um, certain amount of hours of like initial MNT, like, so the first time mm-hmm. that they meet with the registered dietitian and then a certain amount of follow-up there's also, um, each year they're allowed to get kind of like refreshers. So mm-hmm. it, it, it does kind of depend like, so Medicare, keep that in mind. Um, there are also a decent amount of private insurance company like Blue Cross, um, that will allow like a certain amount of MNT time, of course, subject to like deductible and, um, mm. copay and everything. So it just kind of depends on, on how much support is needed. And when, um, especially at first, when somebody's newly diagnosed and you're trying to teach these things for, from a RD perspective, if you have the capability to have a pretty close follow-up, even, three, four weeks, you know, months, six weeks, something like that, where oh, they keep, yeah. I, I like food blogs. Like I, I mm-hmm. think that's very helpful. There, it's mm-hmm. not only for like, from my perspective of like some cause and effect, especially mm-hmm. when I look at like some more detailed insulin management, mm-hmm. but also when the patient is thinking through, I'm going to have to write that down. Like I yeah. have to write down that I had, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, some Oreos for a snack and, and, yeah. and you present this, if you decide to do mm-hmm. this with your patient, because the da- data is not just great for you, but it's a really great eye opener for that person, especially mm-hmm. when you catch them when they're motivated, like not, I don't use scare, uh, like fear is a scare tactic, but yeah. a new diagnosis, like I'm going to change all the things. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're motivated and they want some feedback and, you know, as humans, we like, positive feedback but Mm -hmm. telling that person this is not to grade you this is not Mm -hmm. to judge you this is not to like grade your papers I just kind of need to see what's normal for you Mm -hmm. like hey you know what if you go fast food seven days a week we're going to work on that we're going to cut it back some you know and that's going to save you money too like you'll see a higher you know account balance at the bank because you're not spending ten dollars every time so finding that of it's not a it's not something to use against them you know Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. again food being emotional yeah you're so right yeah yeah, it can be kind of an embarrassing thing like oh wow I really drink like four sodas a day like this is bad like they're gonna fuss at me (laughs) just to help let me help you (laughs) I loved it I love that you brought that up because in a part that we're not going to include I was I was potentially offering to be your, your example patient. And even I, as a nurse practitioner, try my very best to be healthy. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want the whole world knowing (laughs) my dietary is right. And like, it it feels that same magnitude for a patient in a clinic, Mm -hmm. especially if they write it down, especially when they have to give it back, especially if you have that emotional eating components, right. Of like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of feels in there. So I I love that. Oh yeah. I'm at this desk right now. And it's like, I wonder how many people would be like, oh my goodness, she's drinking diet Coke that has so many chemicals, but 
it gives me caffeine and I enjoy it. And I drink a lot of water. Like there's worse things. So, I, and I talk to my patients about that because they'll say, well, I don't want to do, I would rather have regular sodas because at least I'm getting like real sugar and then not having like the aspartame or, you know, whatever other artificial sweetener. It's like, yeah, but if we look at like the hierarchy of like what's healthy, what's not, it's yeah. health promoting yeah. versus like health neutral versus health harming like mm-hmm. yes I usually have a diet coke on my desk but I'm also flushing mm-hmm. it with a lot of water so I can't mm-hmm. say don't drink them if I'm doing it and mm-hmm. so you know just things of just letting them kind of realize that you're a person too and yeah, <laughs> you know your your real world too yeah absolutely and I really like I think especially for newer grads I remember feeling this way myself of like I felt like such an imposter and I was like, I just like, I need to prove myself even to the patients where they're like, going to think I'm an idiot all the time. Like (laughs) if you're feeling like that, that's super normal. And also the more experience that I have, the more comfortable I am with saying things like, I don't know, the more comfortable I am with sharing my own humanity, because like, it's not, it's coming from a place of I'm just sharing. It's not like you need to like, you know, I'm not like putting it on my patient, but at the same time, like when you share that you're a human too, like Mm -hmm. it's, people are going to feel more comfortable. Um, I want to, I want to go back to what you said, I guess like a couple of what I'm trying to tease out is like, it's, it's, it sounds like, you know, we need to do like one thing that one opportunity is that we could do more assessment questions and asking and really getting a sense in a deeper way of how people are actually eating on a regular basis, not having any judgment about it. We can do our own follow-up visits as primary care, as a health dietary counseling visit, right? It could be a diabetes related follow-up for example, and we can have these conversations. I'm not, I don't have the skill that you do as a registered, you know, dietitian, but at the same time I can do my best. And then, you know, just another recap, thinking about high glycemic foods and low, lower glycemic foods and potentially considering Mm -hmm. substitutions as like one, like quote unquote hack. It's not really a hack, but like, what is one like small change? And what are some of the other, like when you said the making the best choices in the moment, like what are some examples, or if you can recap what you shared about the best choices in the moment, like what are some of the other examples that you give for patients of like how to make their best choices, whether it's like a fast food, like here are the healthiest options at this fast food place versus mm-hmm. is a smaller portion size. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are some, can you think of any other examples of, of patients where you're, you're how, how, what is their guidance of making the best choice in the moment? So if it's more of a situation that's, um, let's say social, like family mm-hmm. gathering, Mm-hmm. And you know, potluck style, something, you know, where there's going to be quite a few dishes. I'll encourage, hey, you know, you be in charge of something that's healthy, that you know, that you enjoy, that you get joy from, that is going to promote some well wellness and not mm-hmm. just shoot your sugar. So if you know that, hey, this salad that I make with this salad dressing that I enjoy I, I like the way it tastes. I enjoy it. Other people would benefit from it too. So, you know, you kind of have a food going into it mm. that's kind of safe for you and not so much like a, a we call them like trigger food. So mm. um, if there's like tons of different types of starches, which a lot of times in those social situations there are, okay, like you're going to have some, but what, what are your favorites? Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's think about Thanksgiving. We just had Thanksgiving mm-hmm. a couple months ago and I love asking the patients is like coming back. Like, How's the holidays? Like what's going on? Like, what was the best thing you ate? Tell me the best thing you ate. And I do this right now. So not as an RD, and, you know, and like, I'm in oh, I love okay, that. So, so we, we, we have, bringing some positivity know, food. around food yeah. instead of just like, Oh, oh my gosh, like, I did a bad job over the holidays. Yeah. Like how much yeah. pumpkin pie did you have? No, it's, it's yeah. not, non-judgmental at all. And then, you get that comfort level like that from them because it's hard to talk about 
food and again it can be embarrassing um for some people but so because if they don't want to say oh I don't know you know I I cheated I was bad I I don't like when people say they cheat and they're bad like Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. you're human you are human so Mm -hmm. I'll be like dressing that's my thing dressing like I don't care about stuffing for the northern dressing yeah (laughs) my mom's dressing or my mother-in-law's dressing like give me a pile of that and some turkey and like I'm good so then they'll they'll say oh yeah that was my favorite too and I'll say because I don't really like this is me you know talking about I'm using myself as a patient how about that Liz instead of (laughs) you as a patient like I don't really care for like uh, seasonal desserts, like pecan mm-hmm. pie and pumpkin pie and stuff. So I'll tell the patient like, yeah, I don't like that stuff, but I'm going to eat some dressing and I'm going to enjoy it because I can only get it this time of the year. Right. What did you like? You know, yeah, a lot of times yeah. like, oh yeah, it's my aunt's sweet potato casserole. And I had that, but I did good because I ate some extra turkey and I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. It's an accomplishment. Yeah, so those absolutely. types of things and environments because we are going to have holidays. We're going to have birthdays. We're going to have events at schools and you know there's going to be things so you is when we're talking about like how difficult it is to say everybody gets the plate method or everybody we're going to hand out hand out mediterranean hand out keto or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's not real world a lot of times so it might be having okay i really want to enjoy this piece of birthday cake but i'm not going to have ice cream on top of it Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean eat double the cake either you know, like, that. But, um, when it comes to, that's a long answer for your short question. No, it's, great. <laughs> it's like these little tangible things. And, and they remember that they yes. remember like, Oh, yeah. I went and saw Megan. And she was just saying like, if you don't like something or you can get it any other time of the mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. why kind of like waste something on that, you know, mm-hmm. meaning like a special food. Yeah. So when it comes to restaurants, um, and fast foods, places now most most chains have their information online okay Mm -hmm. and I used you know it's easy kind of the easy thing to think about is like okay if you go and you sit down somewhere think of it as the plate method and for people who aren't as familiar half plate vegetable quarter plate protein quarter plate starch okay so quarter Mm -hmm. plate of something that could possibly raise blood sugar most places that you sit down at have a lean-ish protein option a starch and then a, a non-starchy vegetable or salad. So it's like, if you think of that plate as the platter that they're going to give you in this huge portion, that's that's a win. Just, you know, if you usually get a giant plate of pasta, but mm-hmm. the healthier option is to get a protein vegetable and a small mm-hmm. amount of a carbohydrate, that's a win. You know, that's a great, great improvement with at the same restaurant, somewhere you enjoy, if it's date night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then kind of the same thing with fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody that's traveling and, um, you know, they just didn't pack something or, cause that, that would be, you know, this ideal world that we say, but um, mm-hmm. people would pack all their stuff, but that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, if you run through McDonald's, look at the menu, kind of look at the carbohydrates, mm-hmm. look at the different amount of carbohydrates in um, a small cheeseburger versus mm-hmm. a quarter pounder with cheese. You know, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. They have most places now have little side salads or they have, you know, apple slices or something, but I always tell them no matter what, no sugary drinks, just don't get us like just re- reduce it like a Diet Coke does not cancel out a Coke, you know, so it's just a reduction in portion sizes to kids meals. You know, that's another good option where it's just automatically tailored down. And most of the times it's satisfying enough. Um, 
we're kind of taught over time to not really think about satiety and eat past the point of fullness and or don't waste things at, that are on your plate because mm-hmm. you know you're just kind of pushed if you were kind of that generation so people don't mm-hmm. even really recognize when they're actually mm-hmm. satisfied versus like stuffed mm-hmm. to the brim and then feeling sick so mm-hmm. you know just then you start getting into more intuitive eating too which mm-hmm. Like everything else takes a lot of time. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of like when I talk with parents, um, do you see kids? I can't remember. Do you see? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like with kids, like when we talk, when I talk with parents about, um, uh, or or the caregivers of, of young children, like about picky eating and it's kind of like, and obviously I would love your take on this too, but I, with the way I talk about it with them is kind of like, um, there's a lot of drama that gets created between, you know, there's a power dynamic and kids can only control certain things. And that's one of the things is like what comes in and what goes out of their body basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, you can, re- if you can remove, like to put, try your best as the grown up to like put your patience, like work on the patience of like letting all the drama be out of it, letting all the feelings be out of it. And also trusting your child to know their, like, it, it can be a process and every kid is a little bit different, mm-hmm. but it's like, the, the main goal that I talk about with parents is like how to encourage your child to be aware of when they're hungry and when they're full and like allowing themselves to be done because, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you have some behavioral stuff in there where somebody will eat like a bite of something. And then like before bedtime, they're like, I need to eat this whole thing. Right. But it's like, even with adults, like, I know that that's, it's, it's easier when, when kids like that, they start off with that, but like, even as adults, like we can have conversations about that, of like thinking through those pieces too, of like, you know, like, do you know when you're full? Do you know when you're hungry? Like, mm-hmm. what are some things to practice around there too? So. Yeah. And what does that feel like? Are you like, how quickly are you eating? Like, are you, are, are you a nurse at the hospital and you have to eat in just a couple minutes just for mm-hmm. literally to get calories in your body mm-hmm. to and get some sort of nutrition? So, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, that's, I would say that's very challenging to teach um like knowing like hunger cues and then you know since we're talking about diabetes and with like weight management you know these the glp ones yeah yeah, that's one of the things that's so helpful i mean then when these um patients come back and i I told you before like we started i was like i really don't want to get into like weight loss (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) but i'm gonna kind of dip into it a little bit like from the diabetes perspective Mm -hmm. when you've had somebody that has struggled with weight management and you know because obesity is not being treated with mm-hmm. it, it's just it's that's kind of a, a problem in and of itself with uh, kind of limitations on medications and insurance coverage and everything w- without diabetes but we know that it can help prevent diabetes yeah, and yeah. so if you have somebody that's been told their whole life you know that like your bmi is too high and you're overweight and mm-hmm. you know all this and they have, there's such a this negative connotation with food mm-hmm. and then you have one of these medications that all of a sudden when patients come up i'm not obsessed about food you know like it's it's mm-hmm. great like i can get halfway through my meal and i'm like mm-hmm. i'm good like i've never had mm-hmm. that ability mm-hmm. to be able to to yeah. stop or mm-hmm. to realize that wow mm-hmm. i really am not that hungry and i don't need to mm-hmm. snack four yeah. or five times a day. And, um, and in that regard, kind of have that because the medication mm-hmm. makes you full, or, you know, it makes you feel fuller longer yeah, yeah. amongst other ways of just how it kind of shifts the brain and creates a lot of like positivity emotionally too, because mm-hmm. there's not as much of a obsession with um, like snacking and binging and mm-hmm. things like that.
that, but that goes totally down another rabbit hole. <laughs> totally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You're so right. One of the questions I really love that was submitted was, um, what have you counseled patients on that they seem most surprised to hear? You, is anything oh, come wow. to mind with that? In regards to foods like, in general? Or? Yeah. Just like, I guess like when you were working as an RD and you had a patient come to you and you started counseling them and they were like really surprised. Are there any themes that came up? Like, like, um, um, I feel like, for example, like when I would, uh, take care of patients in the hospital with CKD, um, pretty late stage CKD, and we would be serving meals and we'd be talking about potassium in milk products. And they're like, really? And like tomato sauce, like, wait, I can't have milk and I can't have tomato sauce. <laughs> Right. Like, like we had more conversations than that, but do you know what I mean? Was there anything that like oh, yeah. currently mm-hmm. comes up that people are like, really? Cause we yes, probably would feel okay. that way too in primary care being like, oh shoot. We should watch oh, yeah. <laughs> so with diabetes management and when we talk about like so starting with foods and of course, like the focal point being like carbohydrates, mm-hmm. it's really rare that anybody talks about like the blood sugar changes that happen with fat and protein. Yeah. Or, yeah, or even low, like even very, very low carbohydrate vegetables, like you know, green beans, broccoli, um, you know, cabbage, all that. But really you don't see that unless somebody's wearing a CGM or they just kind of have to, um, check their blood sugar a little bit more often. So if you have somebody that is still, you know, going pretty low carbohydrate or if they have kind of a lean and green meal, and you're watching a CGM and you're, you're pointed out to them and maybe it's like a higher fat um, steak or you know, beef or something, or if there's a, a lot of oil on something and then it's like this late little rise and it's not an aggressive rise, mm. but like, what is that? They didn't have any carbohydrates at that, mm. at that meal and where you can see that where some of the protein and, and the fat, well, you'll still have a response. It's not an aggressive mm. surge, mm. but I would say that's a big surprise for a lot of people. And mm. when you look at like insulin management with that, especially if somebody's wearing an insulin pump, there's different tricks that we can use to kind of combat that, like a, a post-meal bolus based off the amount of protein and fats. Um, mm. And they can combat that without just waiting to go high and like get a mm. correction to come back down. Mm-hmm. Another really big surprise for um, blood sugar spikes for not everybody, but we see it a decent amount, especially if they're wearing a CGM is coffee, you know, caffeine, like mm-hmm. anything that's a stimulant. So mm-hmm. they'll wake up cruising really good. And then even if they just have like a black cup of coffee and it's hundred milligrams of caffeine and that stimulant, you see that like go up. So there's a lot of times that we have to mm-hmm. teach that patient. Okay, this is getting into type one and like insulin dosing or type two, like resistant on insulin where they have to input some carbohydrates for that because we see the response to get ahead of the spike Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things that even though it might be zero calories if there's no sugar no cream for in it it Mm -hmm. still can cause a blood sugar response to it oh my god that's so fascinating so kind of some of the like non-obvious things that get really interesting with time yeah yeah and do you see that with other caffeine related products like Mm -hmm. tea or so energy drinks yeah yeah. uh tea i don't see quite as much unless it's like a really large quantity of like iced tea Mm -hmm. so i do have some that uh even with unsweetened tea and um not even putting like a artificial sweetener because you know there's that kind of that potential that artificial sweeteners like the body can't distinguish a difference there might still be a little blood sugar response so that's kind of but even unsweetened tea in the large quantities you can see it you can also see it with um nicotine 
So mm-hmm. for smokers, you can, I can sometimes be like, is your smoke break at 2.30 every afternoon? And I see this little spike in there. But um, those, so um, those really high caffeinated, oh, I can't remember some of the brands, but they can be sugar-free, like something like a Red Bull, you know, yeah. you can see it. Yeah, yeah. you can see wow. it there too. Especially because a lot of those people don't sip. It's like a chug, chug get it back up <laughs> and then go back to work. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this has been super, super helpful. Um, and you said that there are some resources that you recommend and you and I can connect about that um, in terms of like, I mean, you have your own custom handouts, it sounds like. And and I think yeah. the sounds like the moral of the story is that like, it's really not about handouts. It's about more of a history taking and a customized approach and like thinking about what are those lifestyle changes we can make? What are the lower glycemic options? And um, yeah, any other kind of like parting thoughts or pearls or... Actually, yeah, we didn't even I, touch on the the difference between dietitian and nutritionist. Do you want to do you want to oh, put that in? Oh, yeah. Well, let me say one more thing about yeah, like, yeah, with it. like getting a history. So just to yeah. to be clear, like when we talk about getting a history and everything, those were visits, and I don't know how a lot of RDs are are scheduled. Like in our clinic, the first visit with the dietitian baseline is scheduled for one hour. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. this, this type of education, this deep dive, like the history, taking the recommendations, talking mm-hmm. about it in response, like with medications and stuff, mm-hmm. this is not a short process. So mm-hmm. I'm sure some of your eyes be like, I can't do that. Like I can't yeah. even do what I need to do in a 15 yeah. or 20 minute slot. Yeah. But, and that's where you just give them like little bite-sized pieces of, mm-hmm. Hey, at the beginning, we're going to work on no sugary drinks. Like that's mm-hmm. what we're going to work on right now. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to start looking at carbohydrates, maybe think of them as like an serving sizes and start yeah. reducing their and increasing protein and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like th- those can be just like little basic mm-hmm. things as long as they have a concept of what, you know, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins are. So it, th- these are concepts and, and conversations that take long periods of time. Like there would be some, uh, my previous place of employment that would be more like weight management counseling that would be hour and a half or two hours. I mean, so it's like huge, oh, huge blocks of time to get the information and and have those really uh, deeper mm-hmm. conversations. So, totally. Well, I think that also just reminds that me. Yeah. No, I appreciate, I appreciate that reflection. Cause I, sometimes I can be overly <laughs> ambitious. And I'm like, I'm going to start doing that more. <laughs> like, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Um, but I think that also reminds me of, um, uh, we have uh, at one of the clinics I worked at, we had a diabetes um, nurse educator and um, she had a lot of time to work with patients. And so um, typically not that it's the best way to run. Well, I'm not going to split hairs there, but there are a lot of times where the nurses that I've worked with have been really supportive, whether it's for hypertension care or diabetes care. And, and potentially that could be an opportunity to partner with them. If we don't have the access to a registered dietitian of like, how can we partner together to have more time with the nurse, get information. And then we can kind of be, have it be a more, time together in general between the two of us type of thing too. And and with things that how they change with like telemedicine and telehealth and making sure because not, and this goes into that other question that you just asked about with dietitian uh, nutritionists. So um, with our national board, it's registered dietitian nutritionist. So it's RDN, but not every state in the U.S. has licensure. So in Louisiana, we have um, a state board, you know, for mm-hmm. licensure. So it's like title protection. So if somebody, 
like even for like telemedicine, they have to be licensed in Louisiana, of course, you know, like any, anything else. So that is another option if there's one. And, and I just did a little bit of quick research. The um, the eatright.org, which is the um, overarching for registered dietitians, there's a place to search like in your area mm. for registered dietitians that, that do telemedicine. So, mm-hmm. or just locally or telemedicine. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of hospitals also have outpatient programs. So that that's another option too, just trying mm-hmm. to find somebody that you can refer to. That's because usually where I've I would said. say most places. Yeah. 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 And there also might be classes available as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't, don't forget that if telemed or telehealth is an option as I well. That. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So, well, that was, I think that was the thing that you and I talked about before we ever worked together. The first time was, um, that there's a difference. There's a dietitian, there's nutritionist. seems like everybody has different preferences for names, but the national one is RDN and Mm -hmm. every state by state may or may not have a licensure process. So somebody could be operating as a nutritionist, but not actually have the certification credentials. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And then, or, you know, because there's a, of course now, you know, a lot of health coaches and mm-hmm, I mean, there's mm-hmm. Instagram influencers and stuff. So, I mean, ideally you would have that, that person that has that yeah. four or five Medical. year degree and mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah. Cause any medical complications. Of, credentialing. Yeah. Of like comorbidities mm-hmm. with, you know, CKD, what do you want to think about in those situations mm-hmm. for sure? Right. Um, yeah. And I guess the request that you had, right. Was as long as you don't call, call you a dietary. That oh, yes. Yeah, so just don't call me dietary. <laughs> yeah. So RD works. Fine yes. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, any other yeah. parting uh, words of wisdom or pearls of practice or requests? I don't think, I mean, like, we, like I said, you know, it's just, I feel like the overarching answer for like all the questions are just that it depends and it's just, it's okay. If it depends, it, that's a, a hard answer to give because it is mm. just so, personalized for every person that walks in the door and you know just as in healthcare we're just we want to fix and we want to fix and these are things that take a lot of time to to help encourage you know just changes in in everybody's day-to-day life so absolutely yeah oh thank you so much i really appreciate it you're the best oh thanks liz (laughs) That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com slash guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.